this is Patty Diggory. Welcome to the Witching Hour, that hour when the veil is thin and magic happens. I have a great and very magical guest for you today, my personal friend and adventurer extraordinaire, Elton Castay. Yep, the one and only TFIOL overnight channel, Elton Castay. But before I bring on Elton, where's Patty? So if you are listening to the week we first drop, which is the week of February 20th, 2023, I'm in Australia. Yep, I am. You can't come see me. It's a private event, but I am sure I'm having an amazing time in the Blue Mountains of Australia. Um, I am down under. So doing everything backwards, as they say in my magical Literations Diosol world. So I have no classes this week, no Tuesday classes, though there are a lot of other really great classes at University Magicus with all of our other teachers. So check them out. Otherwise, spend the time booking our cruise Darkwater Cruise is leaving in about a week and a half out of Florida to the Caribbean. Wraith Chasers, myself, my partner in Paraflix, Natalie Jones. Adventures on shore, adventures on the boat. How many people can say they've been on a haunted cruise? Be the one who can. I'm so excited I can hardly stand it. So I'm more than I could even list what's coming up. Michigan Paracon, Darkwater Paracon, Vulture City. I'm doing a really good thing um, in... Bisbee, Arizona, which I don't even know where that is. So please, please sign up for my newsletter if you haven't at pattynegri.com. Follow me or like me on social media because it's too much to keep in my little brain. But where's Patty? Down under. Okay, guess what time it is? Yep, it is time for the Willow Report. Or again this week, it is the Willow and Grace Report. Right here, the little yawny one. Let me introduce you to Nurse Willow. Yes, we just got a little gray spade because that's what responsible kitty owners do. So she's healing right now. She's got some sutures. And Willow's been taking such good care of her. We were worried because they play pretty rough. But look at this lovely nursing big sister right there. Now, Grace, not so much. She's not, she can't keep that silly collar on. You know, that big crown, plastic, horrible thing? We'll not keep it on. Then we got her a cute little soft, pillowy one. Somehow she gets out of that, too. I do think that Willow might help. But we're making it work without because she has a big nursey sister, the big yawny one. Yep, so there we go. Willow and Grace doing great. That's the Willow Report. Have a great day. Okay, so for today's magic lesson, we're going to talk about paranormal investigation and being the person on the team who is the medium or the psychic medium on a team. A lot of you listening I know are very much gifted in the intuitive arts. A lot of you are interested in paranormal investigation and they fit together really, really interestingly. In the olden days, you know, a couple decades back, Paranormal investigators didn't like psychics and mediums because they're tech people. It's like, I've got my K2 meter and my rim pod or whatever was invented at the time. Didn't want all that woo-woo stuff. That's completely changed. Almost every team now has what they would call an intuitive or a psychic or medium. And some of them even uh, a witch or a spiritual person of some form or bent because they realized it really does help. But there is some guidelines if you want to be that person on a team. Um, 
number one, know that you are part of a team. If you come in too far, woo, 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 and the spirits are telling me this and this, it's, it's great if you think you want to get a YouTube show, you won't. But you have to fit into the team. You don't want to bring 72 minutes sitting there with your crystal ball on your thing. They're going to get bored and move on with their K2 meter. You've got to keep up to their pace. Go with your first hits on intuition. Um, you be the person who can prove with your dowsing rods or your pendulum or just your whether you channel or your trace medium or your uh, evidential medium. The best thing you could do is you're in one room and they've got their, their SLS camera in the other room and you're seeing the same thing they are and you're not. Then they're going to go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So try not to be too, I'm in the middle of a seance right now, or I'm in the middle of a gallery, or what we do with our one-on-one -on -one with clients. It's very different. Now you're working in a team that's about tech and it's about history. Um, if you've seen me on Ghost Adventures or with Overnight or even Katrina and Jack Osborne, you are the person there that sees through the veil, but you have to fit into a team setting. You have to fit, and it's very, very different. And the more you do that, the more they're going to want you. And if any of you who studied with me either at the school or have your own techniques, lift, learn how to lift the veil a little bit, they're really going to want you. Because all of a sudden, in their investigations, they have the best investigations when you're with them because you lifted the veil. And it's not just because you're telling them though, their equipment is working better. They are getting more hits. So be very careful that you don't show them more than they know what to do, that if they don't know how to do it, you're, if you want to open a bag of worms, is it a bag of worms? No, can of worms, with showing them how to like a little knowledge is dangerous kind of thing. But you keep in control of things. And remember, if you are the magical person or psychic medium, you're the one they're going to come to if somebody gets an attachment or somebody gets stressed. So be ready with your protection modes, whatever they are. Be there. Know what you're doing because you're going to be like the medic, everything on the set. It's really fun. It's a really big responsibility. But more than anything, fit in with the team. That sounds funny, but you guys know what I mean. So if that's magic for today, if this is something that interests you, go for it. It's fun. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the witching hour. Yes, that hour of the day when the veil is thin and magic happens. I have one of my favorite, very magical people on the planet here today, and magical in kind of a different way. Um, most of you are going to recognize him because if you follow me, you follow that. But I want to introduce you to YouTuber, adventurer, paranormal investigator extraordinaire, Elton Castell. Elton, thank you for coming on. Yeah, that's that's pretty. It's a it's pretty high praise for you to say one of the most magical people you know when you're friends with werewolves and vampires. <laughs> I, I am friends with werewolves and vampires and satanists and witches and everything else. But you, you know why you? I think that you're magic because you just make it happen. You didn't commit like I'm in this cult or this group or this cult. You just you just crank it up and do what you want to do. And from the first time I worked with you, I fell in love with that. I'm always like using a little dial in my world like dial it up zero to ten zero to ten zero to ten and the world always has it dialed down so you don't wake up the neighbors and you're like oh no you crank it and the, and 
and in everything you do, you are committed, you're passionate. So that's magic in my world. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to do something like, you know, we want to do it the right, the best way. So yeah. that's, that's always do the it. intention. Go yeah, do it can. right. So again, I'm sure most everybody knows, but you would recognize Elton from the TFIL page, his adventurous and pranking and daredevil stuff. Overnight channel, again, the, like the top paranormal channel on YouTube. Now he's got his haunted homies. Um, and now you've added all sorts of adventure travel. You travel the world and bring people along with you. Yeah, we do. You put it that way, we do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I like you, because I'm like that too. It's like, I don't know where I am, but I'm somewhere and I'm going there. Um, so how did this all get started? I know you even have like a comedy background and stuff and you that shows in everything you do. But how did you, how did this happen? How did this world phenomenon of Elton happen? Yeah, I mean, I guess I can do it beat by beat. But like, uh, I moved back to California when I was like 19. Um, with the intention of like, one, I loved California, but also it's like where you go if you want to be a stand-up comedian or in comedy or sketch comedy, anything in general, right? Like you want to be in LA. Um, so I lived out here for a while and then while working and doing stand-up, I, the, the platform Vine was created and I happened to play kickball with two people that were like using the platform. And we're talking about like early, like no one even had 10,000 followers on the platform and wow. Over time, one of those friends ended up getting to a million people. And from my perspective, as like someone who was doing stand-up, it's like, obviously, you want to have a social media presence, you know what I mean, to kind of excel your career. And then that's where Vine came about. Uh, did Vine until it, you know, got terminated and like 1.4 million followers on Vine. Uh, went over to Facebook, did Facebook for like six months or so. Got to like 450K on Facebook doing sketches. And then eventually... Uh, one of my best friends who was a Vine creator kind of got to this point where Vine went away and he didn't really know what he was going to do and he was going to move back home. And he's like one of the funniest, most new and nicest people. Like, he's my best friend. Um, and I was like, well, let's figure out how to do something together. And then that's when we kind of did a YouTube channel called TFIL, which stands for the effort list. There are a thousand things we want to do before we die. Um, and then during that list, uh, you know, a lot of the things on there were like, you know, visit the Paris catacombs, stay overnight at Waverly Hills, like spend the night at Alcatraz Island. Um, a lot of paranormal adventure, darker things were involved in there. Uh, be a part of a seance was one of those <laughs> items. You know, so over time we did all those things. Fast forward a little bit more, COVID hits. We're a travel channel that can't travel anymore. Well, we loved doing all the paranormal videos. I love seeing all these abandoned locations and learning about their history and really experiencing them more. And just in general, like the knowledge and religion and all the different sectors and, you know, the paranormal, the unknown. So COVID, we ended up doing 25 Weeks of Haunted, which is where we ended up meeting you um, mm. during during that series. And then uh, people loved it so much that we created the Overnight Channel specifically and only for all things unknown, haunted, paranormal, solved, things that might scare you. So that's kind of like the hyper, the hyper, uh, you know explanation of how things got started and then yeah now, and now here we are <laughs> and here we are here we are still doing it yeah and, and again like i said you take it to the nth degree um like when, when we did the cecil hotel together you didn't just do the cecil i i wasn't allowed to go to the roof on ghost adventures you're like oh yeah we're going to the roof and we're opening a big box and like okay mm -hmm. <laughs> okay let, yeah. let's yeah jump in the pool, so to speak. So what have you learned being that you don't come from up like a, 
you like the paranormal and you did and you wanted to go to a seance and you wanted to go to a haunted house and you want to go to waverly hills but what have you learned now that this is one of your big channels and you literally did become the top in this what have you learned about the paranormal world because you you start very skeptically you come in elton the skeptic how, how is that world now i still like being a skeptic i think i think it's way more fun um, I'm also like an argumentative, combative type of personality naturally, like not in like an abrasive way. It's cause like, I actually enjoy it. Like, even if I do believe one thing, I'll go to the other side of that argument just so I can like, you know, play devil's advocate against myself. So I, fi- I find it way more fun and interesting and it forces you to like either dig deeper into evidence, paranormal evidence, answers. It, it forces you to like think more I don't know, thoroughly about what you're assuming. Because if you just go into it going, I believe this and every time this happens, like it doesn't really force you to want to learn and ask more questions. When you ask more questions, you get new answers. Um, So as much as things that we've experienced, people I've heard from that have experienced things, things I've witnessed with other people, you know, like video evidence I've seen, stories that have been written to me, items that have been sent to us. um, I'm always going to choose to say I'm going to be like skeptic because that means I'm going to always question everything, which I think is like the best way to grow. Um, yeah. And that's just where I stand. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I think that's, again, that adds to your success. And I'm sort of that way too. I mean, here I am this whatever witchy medium, but yeah, I, I want to disprove anything first that I can. Cause if you go everything, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. No, it's a cat, you know, it's a living cat. So shut, shut up. So yeah. in in this, and so I think that's part of your success and going there and who you are. So what is the most, um, again, since you've got to go anywhere, pretty much you want to go, you, you've traveled the world doing it. What is the most, what is the scariest thing that, that you've ever experienced that like maybe wasn't what you were expecting? Or... I, th- I think still like no matter, no matter what, going places alone, like truly alone, like when you know everyone's out of the building and it's just you. It's like, it's still like one of the, I don't, it's just naturally, it just terrifies you a little bit. Um, that's still always like the scariest thing just on its own. But I don't know if I've ever, I mean, obviously I've gotten really sick uh, before yes. like Preston Castle. Preston Castle, the first time I, I was there, I mean, I was so horribly, horribly sick that like I didn't remember the next 24 hours. Like I was just vomiting and knocked out and vomiting and knocked out. Um, so obviously like that wasn't a super great situation, um, you know, to like, literally be unable to function and we had to like cancel a shoot the next day and like i wasn't even there for the rest of that night like i i was done um forced everyone to like drive the motorhome we'd never you know like so i think to me that's where it became like the most like scary moment because it wasn't like oh a door slam what are we gonna do it was like something actually affected me to like a pretty severe degree where i was borderline borderline do i need to go to the hospital mm-hmm. um for this so I think that will always be like the most terrifying thing which doesn't translate on camera right because when you think scary you think of like yeah spear box going devil you're gonna die it, yeah exactly yeah. but in reality it's like the most terrifying thing happened in here where no one else can see it only I could feel it um which I think speaks to a degree if like that's the only video I've ever had to back out of was that yeah. out of like three out of 300 nights so when you were in this moment, you are sick, you are throwing up, you're unconscious practically of knowing what's going on. In that moment, were, were you, did you have any awareness like, 
oh my God, I have an attachment or was it just, I ate something bad or where you didn't even matter. You were just sick. No, I mean, the sequence of things that led up to it was like, no, deny. I mean, like, sure. If you want to say, like, again, skeptic side of things, like the coincidence scale would be unreal. Uh, Cause we were in the infirmary of the old boys hospital and like laying in their beds, basically saying to them, demonstrate to us how, how much pain you were in via the REM pod, like, you know, on a scale of 10, right? Make a beat seven times, seven out of 10. And they did us one better and took me out. You know, like I was laying in the bed asking those questions and then literally was like, this doesn't feel right. And then within probably eight minutes, I was fighting through it. And then all I remember is they were changing batteries on the cameras. I went to sleep on the stairs. Like I just like, not like went to sleep. I like sat down on the stairs and then I was just out. And then wow. I just woke and there was like no one around. Like they didn't even know I was missing, which is like, all right, camera crew. What's that? You getting a fax? I, Are you getting a fax it, right now? No, it's a ghost. It's, it's not a, no, it's a ghost. No, I have I have an answering machine from 1965. No, it's haunted. Everything is haunted. So okay. Rob will cut this little section out. So okay, you were just laying on the stairwell. <laughs> yeah, Patty's haunted answering machine from 1965. Uh, yeah, I was I was laying on the stairwell and like props to my my camera team and everyone involved that had no idea I was there. Thanks for being super accountable and you know the one member of your team that's sick and having no idea that he's passed out on the stairs uh and then i just remember like basically wobbling my way out to the motorhome just being like i gotta get out of the building and just go die basically um wow yeah i mean that was that was how that all went and then that's the place we ended up going back with megan trainer um yeah really cool so again you got back on the horse so to speak did were you worried about it were you nervous about it Especially going back with the pop star and, you know, you don't want to barf on her. That's true. Yeah, that would have been, yeah, that would have been bad. Uh, But no, I wasn't, I wasn't worried about it. Like, you know, it's just like, I didn't die that night. It's part of, it's part of the risk, right? With any thing you do professionally, there's injury and illness, like it's bound to happen. Um, I was more so excited that when we went back, because I knew that, and, and I don't think they had watched the video or maybe they'd watch pieces of that video they didn't actually know 100% what happened so for me I was just like I wanted to see what they were going to do and ask and see if any of the evidence like realigned and it and all did it was yeah. like everything that we got in the same infirmary with a whole different group of people that I, I don't think were biased from an old video like having those thoughts in their head the evidence lined up again which to me was like really cool and almost like validating so to me it was like it's really cool I got sick because the next time we went back, it all lined up again. Yeah, yeah, that it was was very cool, and that was a that was a trippy place. I, you know, between the bats and the ghosts and the ah, everything else. Now I've got a question for you because you guys have I I've worked with you guys just fun on camera, off camera, what to do when things happen, how to properly lift the veil and close the veil, and you guys are rock star students. When this happened, did you guys do anything like did you pull out the Palo Santo or? you know, anything like that? Or did you just lay there and be sick? Uh, I remember, uh, memory's going to slightly blurry on this one. I might be mixing up another time I got sick. I think I just went to the motor home and I just did, and I just laid there. I recall that okay. happening because a different time I got sick was at like SK mansion. And I remember she came out with like salts 
and uh, sage and something else. Yeah. And it actually kind of eased it away. I think with yeah. this night in particular, I don't think the team was really like, I mean, literally they didn't know I was asleep on the stairs like 15 minutes. Um, so I think I just wow. kind of made my way to the motor home and I just dealt with it. And I was just like, just, Hey, just finish the video because like it was really expensive to be here. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Work. It doesn't matter if you're sick. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, because I mean, it's scary. You go crazy, scary places, and you push the envelope there. And then even in your TFIL stuff, you go. You're very adventurous, and you go different kind of scary places and push the envelope there. Um, so, so what's next in the world of Elton? Uh, yeah, I mean, we we actually so TFIL went on like a pretty an accidental, uh, really big break. Like ultimately, the overnight channel ended up taking up so much time and so much of our sources that like we just couldn't do both i mean we ended up spending 139 nights in 2022 uh doing paranormal investigations like you know what i mean like that's more that's more than a third of your year uh just doing that and that didn't include like the nights off that didn't include like travel time so in total it was probably 170 nights of just you know half the year basically just overnight and then they're still editing um and all that fun stuff. So TFIL literally just filmed again for the first time in over a year. And we did uh, two weeks in New Zealand. Um, so we did that with Corey, uh, Matt, and then uh, my roommate, Wes. Um, so we did that. So working on those videos. And then we have some plans for both channels, but nothing's set in stone yet. Uh, we're trying to solve this editing problem, honestly. It's like, I don't want to keep filming. <laughs> I don't want to keep filming and then just piling up. My, like, if you saw the amount of hard drives I had on the other side of the screen, it's like, it's absurd uh, how much we have backlogged. So that's where you get somebody to help you, Elton. <laughs> we're, we're, More editors. Trust me. You're all trust me we're trying. It is insane. The amount of people that are like, I want to do this. And then a week later, I'm like, cool, let's go. And they're like, ah, never mind. Or the amount of people that are like, okay, I'm doing it. And then three weeks later, they're like, oh, I didn't even start yet. It's crazy. Like, and everyone's having this problem. Like every, every person I'm speaking to is like, yeah, I'm changing editors every three weeks. Um, it's just, it's, it's so hard. I'm going to have to train someone. Like I'm going to have to take someone who has never edited a video before in their life, who I just know personally and know that they are trustworthy and like they want to work hard and I'm just going to be like, well, I learned how to edit. I'll just teach you. Um, right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really wild. Like, it's not like we're, we're on LinkedIn, we're on YouTube jobs. We're on creator. Now, like we're posted everywhere you could ever post. We pay super well. It just can't get anyone to be consistent. It's, it's absurd. That is crazy in LA when everybody in the world who wants to be in our, a version of our industry comes here and there's all those schools that are here and, you would think that they'd be lining up at your door. Yeah, we haven't tried schools yet. Uh, we haven't. It's yeah, we haven't done like you know, like any of the film schools or UCLA. Or you, we haven't done that yet because my thinking is, they're in school. I need someone full time. You know, I don't really think they can do both. Um, but we're considering that maybe trying to find like recent graduates, right? At least have a background. But yeah, yeah it's, a it's a weird, it's a weird landscape right now because um, YouTube editors are so much different than traditional like LA editors because uh, traditional LA editors are used to getting like union rates and you know crazy amounts of money and it's like dude like you're asking for more to edit a video than like we would make in two years on that video so <laughs> right finding that um, balance yeah 
Yeah, finding that balance. But but I think you will. Yeah, and get like recent graduates. I remember I have a friend and he actually he was like a YouTube type professor. Um mm. and I had way back and I took this little course with him and he had a recent graduate who did like one little job for me, but it was great. Somebody hungry, fresh out of school, was YouTube, not regular television. So try that because you don't want you don't want to sit there and be miserable all day, Elton. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like um, the more time we spend editing, the less time we can go out, right? Because we could be filming like right now, and I love, I love filming. I love going out like right, like tonight. We could be shooting a video, but instead we'll be hammering away. Hammering away. Hammering away. So eventually, we'll um, solve the problem. What do you think? Um, what do you think was it? Do you do you have a standout of what was the most inspiring, whether TFIL or overnight or anything else? Is there something that you go, oh wow, that was amazing? Like just in real world, or it could be real world. Yeah, it doesn't have to be because somebody uh, who's yeah. cranked up to eleven, like you, who's not like, oh yay, I got a birthday card. You know, that's big life. What's yeah, it be? I mean, I I think one of the most powerful moments I've ever experienced, I mean, I ended up getting a tattoo from it, which is, which is that, um, was we were in Egypt in, I'm going to get the year wrong. I mean, I think it's 2018, um, could be 2017. I'm, I'm really sure, but we were in Egypt and, you know, obviously massive differences in income levels and where the poverty lines are on. And we were getting on a hot air balloon. And as we're getting a hot air balloon, it's, I don't know, 4.15 in the morning that you start it. And there's kids everywhere you go that are always trying to sell you things. Uh, adults, everywhere, right? They're always like little knickknacks. I mean, I had the scarab somewhere in this room that like this kid was trying to sell. And, you know, they're working everyone, like 30, 40, 50 people that are all there that are all getting in their hot air balloons. And the staff, you know, they're Egyptian. Like they're just like, hey, kids, go away. Scram, you can't be here. And whatever the kids and right we get in the hot air balloon we leave the, the ground you see the kids down below they're just like yelling waving like still pointing to what they're selling um which is crazy because at that point like what are we going to do jump in the balloon right it's over and the hot air balloon goes up and it's about two hours up in the air and you don't know where it's going to land it's up to the wind and you know they can kind of gauge it and i don't know how but when we landed i know we landed like five or six miles away and all those same kids were there when we landed Right, they they'd ridden their bikes and they were riding their bikes and watching the balloon, and they were just following it and following it and following it, and they were right there when we landed. Same thing, trying to sell us, and I think they're like what they're selling us is like in in U.S. money would have been like twenty cents, right? Like they're not asking for anything crazy, and same thing, the staff is like, go away, go away, go away. We get in the van, and we're getting in the van and we're gone, right? We're in a van. These kids are on bikes. This one kid just keeps pedaling as fast as he can. Another kid's like running up to the van, like as hard as he can. And then I was like, whatever, I have 20 bucks in my pocket. I was like, hey, can you pull over the van? And then the kid like runs up, the other kid hops off his bike. And I'm like, whatever they're selling, I didn't care at that point. Um, And, you you know, so I think I ended up with a scarab and then like another kind of like pencil holder thing. And I handed the kids 20 bucks, which was like probably 500 times what they were at you know like you know what i mean like yeah. what, whatever the math was if it was 20 100 times what they were asking for uh and like the kids like lost their mind and they were like super stoked and the, and the staff was like mm-hmm. right and to me like that to me is like one of the craziest moments because like these kids were one i mean probably eight nine years old 
um, you know, got up at 4.15 in the morning, you, you know what I mean? Like whatever it was earlier to get there by 4.15 in the morning, rode their bikes, didn't give up. They, they tried selling us when we got there. They tried selling us when we landed. Even when we're driving away in a van, they're still pushing as hard as they can just to make like 20 cents just to get to sell the one item that they're carrying around. And to me, that was like, man, like anytime I'm ever like feeling like a, like lazy, you know what I mean? It's just, I got to think back to that and be like, I got to sit down and do that. So that's what this is this, in Arabic. This means work hard um, for the, for those, like, because of those kids. So to me, like, that's always like probably the most inspirational and like grounding thing to like see them, you know, push that hard just to make, they're hoping for would be 20 cents you know yeah that's amazing and they probably like fed their family and did things like that versus go out and buy like hot wheels or games or things it's like oh they can't wow. even do that there you know like they can't there's no toy stores like where they were in egypt like there's nothing out there like the only thing they can spend that on is like the market you know groceries and stuff wow that's amazing but... <sighs> okay well we met again i is all the mediumship and doing seances and what's going on in here kind of stuff. How, how is it like for you? I know you work with other psychics and other mediums and stuff. How has that changed your investigation? Because this is something I've been talking to other paranormal people about. Um, in old and early, early on, paranormal guys were like techie guys and like, it's my K2 meter in my room pod and not some woo-woo person doing this. That's completely changed. Uh, we seem now like we're part of the tools of, of the trade, but how does, how does that affect what you guys do? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, you no, know, for sure. I mean, uh, obviously it hasn't come out yet, but you, you were there when we did the 100 location special in Virginia city. And I basically was like, this is like the, the paranormal version of the Avengers because <laughs> it was, it was like my, my squad of paranormal people that I always film with. It was you, it was Linda, it was Zachariah, it was a Kelsa, it was Elena, it was Dan and Chris from Nesper, and it was Twin Paranormal. And then we brought in someone else who's just like uh, Savannah Moss, who's on TikTok, who's like completely never done an investigation before. And to me, that's the most exciting to me because if you're always doing things the same way, it's like, no, right? Like that's how you work together. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's, yeah. I literally think of it as like the Avengers, anything else, if like you're trying to build a team, and that yeah. way everyone can work together and someone might catch something or reinforce something. And um, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it worked incredibly well, given that a majority of you had never even met before. And yet yeah. every night I was just scrambling us around. And so, yeah, for sure. I'm always looking to see like who else can and join in on the party. Right. And, uh, and just see how things change up. And sometimes it's like, we do things the traditional way with just the K2 and your REM pod. Mm -hmm. And then we go, Hey Patty, or Hey, you know, can you jump in and see if anything changes? And it's re it's a really cool like AB test, and it's part of the paranormal investigation, you know, the experience. Yeah, yeah. What do, do you have a like a best piece of evidence you ever got, or is that it just all blends together? Like a, like other than you getting deathly sick <laughs> because you told them you wanted to get deathly sick. Basically, you were the room pod. Yeah, I mean, it, again. It's, so I think as far as evidence has already been, that's come out. Um, I think what we have at Dracula's castle, even though like the, the main point of contact is barely visible in frame, like everything else is visible is when we're in the queen suite of Dracula's castle or uh, queen's bedroom. And we're asking these questions and a door, 
a very heavy door that we like made sure couldn't move. Um, we only left it open so that way we could like hear each other in case something happened, ironically. Um, mm-hmm. We could just yell across the courtyard of the castle and hear each other. So that door was open. There was a REM pod in the door as well, just to like, you know, in case it's like the two access points were blocked off by us. And during our questioning, uh, the door, this 400 pound solid oak, wood, whatever it was, door, slams shut on this REM pod and just like basically crushes it in the door frame. And wow. that's us was like terrifying. And it happened directly behind us. You can see it just in the edge of frame. Like, fortunately, like I was slightly, like if the door is Annabelle behind me, I was like that. You could just barely see it, but you could see it. And then we went outside to the patio to the only other access point to be like, who's, who's messing with us? Because like something slammed this door. Like, obviously it's one of yeah. the other guys Like just, no one was there. And as we heard Corey and Corbin yell at us and, and Jonah was filming B-roll, the door somehow reopened and re-slammed behind us again. And luckily we had the other GoPro on, so we caught that one as well. But then what tied it all together was, I forget exactly what the question that Josh asked was, but I think it was along the lines of like, who's here? Something in that phrasing. And Mm -hmm. right before the door closes, when we listen back to the audio recorder, and this is like not a Panasonic DR60, we're talking about just a traditional audio recorder you would bring to a college seminar. Nothing like just traditional, incredibly hard to get any evidence on. And you hear, it's the queen. Like right before the door closes. And we had no idea that audio was there. So like the door closing is like, okay, I don't know, giant gust of wind, we're in Romania, right? Like who knows? (laughs) But to have like, it's the queen on, on the recorder, directly answering the question, we're in the queen's bedroom, her door closes that we left open at night, right? Obviously, she's like pissed, like, you're in my room, you're leaving my door open. And then we walk out, and then it re-slams, like, get the hell out of here. To wow. me, it's, like, probably the coolest thing we've ever, ever caught that's been posted. There's stuff coming up, uh, which, you know, <laughs> you know you, weren't, you weren't in there when it happened, but you know about Washoe Club and what we caught at Washoe Club. Um, so there's, there's a lot of really cool stuff that we've like captured and yeah. So, but so far, I mean, that's that's a really good sequence. So is all that stuff we did in Virginia city, is that lost in your piles of editing? (laughs) Any idea what year that will come? Uh, yeah. So tomorrow I have, tomorrow I decided, uh, or tomorrow, whatever, when this comes out, the next video I'm posting is basically like a best paranormal evidence of the overnight channel. I realized I've never done that. Um, and before we kind of move on to this next phase of overnight, which includes Stanley Hotel, Abbey Monastery, the Hunt Location Special, which is four parts, and then we have 18 more investigations from Tor, we're posting the ones that got really, really great stuff. So we cut out about eight or nine that, like, it was okay, but we're only posting, like, the best of the best. Then we have videos we did in the UK, uh, Ancient Ram Inn, Bronnie Garth, uh, uh, oh my god, uh, Oh, I can't remember the Charlton House in London. Like we have all those still all sitting. So those are coming up with a hundred episode location, part one of four, which is the first night, um, the the hotel. Uh, that part is actually edited. So I finally have my next four videos done. So that one is like already good to go. Still working on editing, uh, Washoe, Mackey Mansion, and uh, the Gold Hill Hotel, and then Nevada State uh, Pen. Cool. 
Oh yeah, that was fun too. Um, is there a place that is there a place that you is still on your bucket list that you want to go that you haven't got to go yet or haven't? Yeah, yeah, we we have a few. Um, I'm supposed to actually meet up with Corey tomorrow and talk about like how much time are we going to spend? Like, we're only doing a few nights. Let's do the big ones. Uh, we're doing a bunch of nights. Let's do like kind of some bigger and smaller ones. But Paviglia Island in uh, Venice, Italy, Black Plague Island, I think would be really cool. Uh, only like one or two teams have ever gotten like film permission from the Italian government there in the last like five, 10 years. People have gone there like secretly on boats and things like that. But um, with proper permission, hasn't happened in a really long time. Um, I really want to go back to the Paris catacombs, but instead of like an exploration route, actually kind of go, I mean, seven million people were buried down there. Um, and we've only kind of explored the tunnel system, which I've now done twice. I want to actually go back and like bring kind of like the paranormal uh, side of things to that and see what happens. And then, yeah, wow. I mean, Doll Island, Mexico, we're supposed to do Alcatraz again this year. Uh, we were bumped off last year. So now we're on the, the list for this year. So there's, there's for sure quite a few more. I mean, even Battleship Island, just for like exploration reasons in Japan, an entire island that's like 15 story high buildings that have been completely overgrown. So wow. a lot of places for sure. It's just a matter of like, which ones are we prioritizing yeah. this year? That sounds amazing. Well, again, I love, I love you madly. I love what you do and what you create and that you crank it up and you do what you want to do. And you are inspiring. I love that all of it you inspire people to get off the couch I and mean, that's exactly what you say all the kids out there and everybody else just go do it um so keep it up so tell people where they, they can find you if if there's one person out there which i can't imagine who doesn't know where to find you um social media youtube what's the best way to find alpha Custe? and what yeah you yeah i mean if you want to like find me personally it's you know at elton elton Caste on everything if you want to find like the overnight channel it's youtube.com slash overnight tfil is tfil on youtube and then uh haunted homies podcast is the new podcast with uh cory and i and your episode uh is coming up pretty soon i think we're like three weeks oh, away cool. from Yay. those episodes dropping those are those are super fun um so, that yeah, was I mean, so that's, fun that's everything yeah yeah i think you need to do a like a Oh, it's funny because you when you get there, I think you guys need to do like a life in the motorhome, back 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 door back scenes would be pretty funny actually. <laughs> Just saying, being there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and when we did our haunted homies tour, we like vlogged the motorhome stuff, and it, we spent more time repairing that motorhome than we probably did anything else, just because everything kept breaking, courtesy of carrying a hundred haunted items with us every day yeah <laughs> and and you do you have an amazing i mean i know haunted museums i hang with zach's i hang with bloody mary's you've got you've got a good haunted collection and yeah i'm excited i'm excited for the the stanley hotel video because we end up uh un unboxing like i think like probably eight or nine items just that night in that room and wow. that that might actually be like the best evidence we've ever gotten uh, is there's like this one nine minute straight sequence where like I don't it's the one time where I, all of us have absolutely no possible explanation logically like scientifically wow. for anything um, so I'm really excited to post that I'll probably even like send you that time mark and be like you should watch this which please do if I, if please I, do if I, if I ever like specifically send anyone a section of our own videos it's because I'm like shitting I'm like well what yeah. what is this you know um, okay yeah. 
Okay, I cannot wait. So thank you, Elton. Thank you for coming. My people are going to love you. I think they all know who you are anyway. But you guys check them out on YouTube, on all the social medias. TFIL, Overnight, Now Haunted Homies, and you get to see the sitting around being cool, funny, funny, funny guys. <laughs> um, and then do let us know, because I know you're out there doing some stand-up and stuff again, too. Do you have any plans for that? Uh, I, everything's on hold. I'm just, I'm trying to Edit. prioritize Overnight and TFIL. I, I don't want the things that that so many people love and enjoy to fade away because I can't manage my time properly. Um, and TFL was like, that's, that's my baby, and, and I, I kind of ignored it for a year. So, we're really going to make sure like those are prioritized, and then I'll start doing the other things. Okay, that sounds good. Well, thank you, Elton. Thank you so much for coming to the Witching Hour. Come, yeah, come thanks back for again because you're fun. Okay, thanks. And anytime. <laughs>